It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. For the love of Pete, it's something you might say when your car gets damaged, but that won't get you the help you need for your vehicle. As someone named Jake, what you should be saying is something that can actually help. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. For help filing your claim 24-7, whether it's on the phone, online, or on the award-winning State Farm mobile app, however you choose. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Oh, because like, when I shot, I expected to make it. So like, I don't shoot kind of this. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to episode number 982 of Locked On Raptors for Monday, July the 12th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. You can find the show at Locked On Raptors. And of course, please make sure you're checking out the entirety of the Locked On Podcast Network. We've got a ton of great stuff for you across the board from our uh, baseball channel covering the ongoing MLB season. Trade deadlines coming up. Last night was the MLB draft as well. There was some interesting stuff going on there. Uh, if you go to the Locked On MLB YouTube, page actually you can go re-watch the live draft show that they hosted uh to cover the mlb draft uh and of course you got the nhl college nfl it's all going strong and you can all support all of those shows that cover the teams that you like uh by subscribing rating reviewing all that good stuff so thank you in advance all right, on today's show, we're just going to do a bit of a temperature check on the Raptors offseason. You know, we've been digging in the last couple of weeks to prospects and trade ideas, and it felt good to start this week off with a bit of a centering and sort of, a, you know, get the thoughts on the page as to where we're at with what the Raptors should be doing in their offseason to come. And joining me to do said temperature check is our pal, Vivek Jacob, fresh off of watching a whole bunch of tennis, now is free of the shackles of Wimbledon and can focus purely on second round draft picks, I'm sure. It's Vivek Jacob. What's going on, man? <laughs> Not a whole lot, man. Weekend was uh, a lot of fun. Watched Novak Djokovic continue his march to all the all-time records. Watched mm-hmm. uh, Ash Barty get it done, which was really nice to see. And then uh, watched uh, England kind of bottle it in the vinyl. Buddy. <laughs> we don't need to talk about that on today's podcast. Oh, Thankfully, messy. Locked On has no soccer shows for us to promote. Because um, mm. I'd be doing that very uh, angrily today if that were the case. <laughs> Messi, Messi finally getting a major international trophy was nice to see as well. So. Oh, he's good now. Oh, he'd been bad up to this point. Now he's good. That's good uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. That, that was the thing is like finally this dumb narrative of hey, because Cristiano Ronaldo won the Euros and Messi hasn't won a major, major international trophy, 
Ronaldo is clearly the goat. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, very well, at uh, least that's very good with. brained stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> 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 well, dude, um, yeah, it, it was uh, it was a nice weekend. I saw some friends who I haven't seen in like a year. Uh, it was really really nice. It was a very very delightful weekend. Um, but yeah, we got some Raptors stuff to get into today, man. And again, there's not really any breaking Raptors news or anything like that. Still no Masai signing or whatever. Although I continue to feel very good that Masai uh, seems to have his hands all over the place with the Raptors planning. I think Michael DeGrange was the one who reported um, that he's very much operating as though he's the problems with the Raptors are his to fix versus uh, kind of letting things land in the hand of, hands of Bobby Webster. So feel pretty good about Masai. I don't think there's too much cause for concern there. Uh, but yeah, it felt like a good time to just sort of check in. Uh, we've done our big prospect profiles on the top six guys. Um, you know, I guess the top you know, not Cade Cunningham because we've already talked about him. He's not going to be there for the Raptors uh, unless some crazy miracle happens. And so there's really five guys that the Raptors could potentially land with between uh, Jalen Green, Evan Mobley, Jalen Suggs, Jonathan Kaminga, and Scotty Barnes. Doesn't really seem like they'll reach too f- too much further down. At that point, you should probably just trade down if you're going to uh, take someone who's in that sort of next tier below Barnes. Um, and so, you know, I've spent the time sort of learning about these guys, talking to people who have watched them uh, up close all season long. I'm sure you've done your own studious, uh, diligent work on the other end, Big V. I-, I guess to begin here, we'll dig into sort of our- what our thoughts are on the draft pick itself, where the Raptors should go, and then we can kind of pivot into some trade stuff and take a look at Kyle Lowry and where he's at and sort of what's our temperature check on him. But as of right now, you know, there's still 17 days left for the draft, so there's 17 more opportunities. Um, I mean, maybe 34 more opportunities if we're going to, you know, assume that I change my mind twice a day. Lots of opportunities left to change our minds as to who we want the Raptors to take and who we're hoping falls to four. It might not be totally decision in their hands because two guys are going to be taken before they get up on the uh, clock of that sort of group. But where are you at right now, Big V, in terms of guys you are sort of zeroing in on your favorite potential guys to land with the Raptors at number four? Jalen Suggs seems like the most likely, as he's kind of always seemed to be. He's mocked to the Raptors in most mock drafts, and you know the people who do these mock drafts are plugged in. Where are you at right now in terms of your hopes and desires for that fourth overall pick? I lean towards, uh, yeah, I agree with you that Jalen Suggs is the most likely pick at this point, uh, considering the needs of the other teams. I would still kind of shade towards Jalen Green as mm-hmm. the guy I would want the most. It's just It just seems unlikely that he'll get to four. So, sure. uh, yeah, with Jalen Suggs, I think the things that encourage me the most are um, probably his off-ball skills uh, on mm-hmm. both ends because I think that fits into exactly what the Raptors need uh, and want the most. Defensively, you know, you, you look at uh, his ability to make reads and you combine that with what... Fred Van Vliet does. And, uh, you know, I guess we can get into the Kyle Lowry situation a bit later. Um, Mm -hmm. But offensively as well, you know, we know how the Raptors can get a little bit stagnant. Ball uh, movement is there, but sometimes maybe the player movement isn't where it needs to be. And, uh, you know, Chris Finch tried to bring bring some of that cutting in. And uh, we saw how much of an impact that can have (laughs) when you're actually (laughs) doing it. But uh, I think for Suggs, that maybe comes a bit more naturally, and I think the Raptors need a bit more of that. So I think he fits in nicely there. On the ball, I think he's a really good decision maker from what I've seen. So, yeah, and again, if that pathway is being created for a Kyle Lowry exit, then I think Suggs is a very nice fit in terms of leadership, in terms of uh, being a two-way player, uh, in terms of running the pick and roll, all that stuff. So, 
Yeah, I'm I'm very happy that the Raptors have basically got into the top four because it means the Raptors <laughs> are getting a very good pick regardless. Yeah, I feel like Suggs is probably preordained to be number four at this point. But, you know, it's also the draft. There's plenty of smoke screens going on. I mean, just thinking about it logically, if you're the Houston Rockets, I'd probably take a long look at Suggs. You're a team that has no on-court leadership left. You don't really have a center around which to build your franchise. Yeah, you got Christian Wood, but then it's just kind of all these sort of isolated weirdos uh, who are not going to be there for long, say for like Kevin Porter and Jay Sean Tate. And Jalen Suggs feels like the kind of guy who could kind of bring it all together just with sort of his pedigree, his leadership qualities, you know, the sort of stuff that kind of makes him like a badass MFer. Like that feels like it could be something the Rockets should look at it. And so I don't think it's by any means a foregone conclusion. I think predicting the draft is always fraught and things never go exactly as you expect. And so I'm going to hold off on making any sort of, you know, declarative statements as to the Raptors are not getting Jalen Green or Evan Mobley. But if it's Jalen Suggs, I mean, I might talk myself into Jalen Suggs ahead of those guys at this point. He, he really does check a lot of the Raptors boxes. And I know, you know, maybe he's a little bit less in terms of the, the half-court scoring option that Jalen Green is and the sort of explosive, you know, could lead the league in scoring type of player like that. But I, I kind of think... I don't know. We learned from Kyle Lowry that being the top scorer is not necessarily what leads to winning. And Jalen Suggs really seems to bring a lot of qualities that are conducive to winning. And if you are looking to pass the baton from the Kyle Lowry era onto somebody, Suggs feels like a pretty damn good option. Even though, like we said and have talked about, Green kind of addresses the direct needs a little bit more. Mobley obviously is like an all-time defensive prospect, it seems, and uh, is on the track to be an all-defense player and would be lovely to have. But... I've kind of always maintained, I think, the bigger need for the Raptors is not center and don't like overcorrect to the Aaron Baines season and the nightmare that was like they need half court scoring. They need offense. They need an infusion of, uh, you know, dudes who can break down a defense on their own. And Jalen Suggs can do that. Yeah, the three point shots not quite there, but not quite there yet. But all the other qualities really leave me feeling pretty good about Suggs. And I had, you know, some people in my mentions over the weekend just sort of, you know, very nicely and all that, just kind of talking about things and sort of the the sort of notion was put forth that the Raptors must try to trade up to get a Green or a Mobley. And I just, I don't think you really have to, you know, spend your nut to go up and move up because you're going to get a really good dude there if you get Suggs at four. You know, in terms of that idea, Vivek, you know, Jalen Green, obviously, very nice prospect. Evan Mobley, very nice prospect. Some people even sort of look at the top three as its own tier, and then Suggs is kind of on his own third tier. I I don't know. I'm not a prospect evaluator. I can't really speak to how valid that is, but if you're the Raptors, are you looking pretty aggressively at trading up right now? It, It seems like maybe those kind of talks have cooled a little bit. Doesn't seem like the Pistons, as much as there's still noise there, doesn't seem like the Pistons are going to move. I think they'd be pretty fucking stupid to move, honestly. Like, why are we doing this? You're Detroit. <laughs> You've been looking for Cade Cunningham forever. Um, you know, the Rockets and Cavs are in different spots. You know, the Cavs really seemed like they were looking to trade that pick at some point to expedite their rebuild. Maybe that's cooled a little bit. Um, you know, I haven't heard much about the Rockets, honestly, and it's tough to say. But if you're the Raptors, are you aggressively pursuing a trade up right now if you view one of Green or Mobley to be your guy, capital G? Or are you sort of keeping those bullets saved and saying, you know what, the difference between a Green or a Mobley and Suggs that we perceive is, you know, not worth the extra asset capital it's going to take to move up? 
Well, if there's a move to be made, I imagine it's probably Houston that's most likely just because Tillman yeah. Fertitta is a cheap ass and he'll probably be <laughs> like, hey, if we can pay less money, let's pay less money. So I think that's where the opportunity might be if you really want to get in on uh, Jalen Green. I, I agree with you that I don't think the center position is uh, the biggest need. I, I do think half-court scoring and general creativity for the offense is something that's sorely lacking and I think we've seen over the course of this playoffs uh, how important that can be and so uh, you know and quickly my counter argument to sort of the Jalen Green scoring thing would be that you know part of why he's so appealing to me is the fact that he would be next to Fred Van Vliet and Pascal sure. Siakam and OG sure. Adonobi um, and you know I agree that it's you know you look at his frame and you know it's reasonable to have defensive concerns and, you know, he could very well end up being like a Brandon Ingram defensively, which not great, but uh, in the Raptors system, in the Raptors organization, I'd like to think that's not the case. And so I think the Raptors, you know, if there's a move to be made to get green and that is absolutely the guy they want and there's a feeling that he won't get down to four, then, yeah, I would I would look at what's possible there. And then... Yeah, if if you're perfectly content with Suggs, which I think is perfectly fine, uh, mm-hmm. then you just hang on to what you got. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I, I should say, like, Suggs is also, I think, of these guys, and this has been a sort of bigger part of my calculus, and we'll get into that in the next segment a little bit, um, but I think he maybe stands a chance of helping the team quickest among this group, which, um, you know, maybe that's a, a, a you know differing take, I'm not sure, but maybe that's the consensus, I'm not sure, but we'll we'll get to that in just a second uh, and how it relates to both Barnes and Kaminga, who are still out there as well, and who still kind of loom as Raptor-Z kind of dudes. We'll get to that in just a minute, but first I want to tell you about our friends over at Built Bar, who are making the best tasting protein bars money can buy and they have a wonderful lineup of flavors they've got things like cherry barcia raspberry mint brownie strawberry oh my goodness strawberry is delicious cookies and cream you know what I, my favorite flavor is i don't have to decide is the thing because i get mixed boxes baby and i get to go through i'd probably lean mint brownie but i love getting the full complement of flavors in a box where you get two of each get two of their nine to each of their nine flavors. Boy, I'm good at reading. It is Monday morning. Uh, Built Bars are also good for you as well, in addition to tasting very good. 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, just 4 to 5 grams of sugar and 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty, all good for you. Go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That is the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Note the change of the website from BuiltBar.com to just Built.com. Hey guys, it's Walker Mail, host of the Locked On Hornets podcast, and being around sports media and a fan of the Hornets for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip actually have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad free right now by joining Wondery Plus. 
Just before we get into some more draft theory stuff, just a reminder that the road to the NBA Finals is brought to you by Michelob Ultra here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Go listen to Lockdown Bucks and Lockdown Suns as they have you covered as the finals get very, very interesting with a big Giannis performance and Bucks win in Game 3. Suns lead 2-1. Go listen to Lockdown Suns and Lockdown Bucks on the road to the finals brought to you by Michelob Ultra. So Vivek, before the break, I was kind of alluding to the fact that I think Suggs might stand the chance of contributing to winning quicker than some of these other guys in their range, and you know, including Green and Mobley. And I, I'm growing more and more sure that that's kind of like my biggest criteria in a lot of ways, just because of the very specific circumstance the Raptors are in, where we've talked about this. They are not a rebuilding team where everybody's on rookie contracts and they can kind of figure out who their guys are. They know in large part, who their guys are. And they've paid their guys already, and they figure to pay more of their guys this offseason in the form of Gary Trent and, you know, maybe a free agent acquisition or something like that. And it really feels like the time is ticking, and you need to make good on these next few years that you have Van Vliet and Siakam and Ananobi locked in. And Suggs feels like if you plop him in there, he can kind of coexist right away and potentially you know contribute to winning because he's a good defender already we know he's going to be good on the ball and off the ball he kind of profiles as the kind of defender especially if he's not taking on like the top defensive duty on the team which he won't have to who can actually contribute on that that end of the floor right away plus you have you know the the ability to break down guys and you know if he's not having the ball in his hands all the time in his first season, then he's probably a secondary creator, and that's going to create some good things because he'll be attacking lesser defenders and closeouts and things like that, which is quite exciting. And so that is why I'm coming really around on the idea of Suggs and pretty comfortable with the Raptors not you know, spending future assets to move up and just taking him if he comes. And if he doesn't land there, then, hey, you get mobile or green. That's great, too. But I just think that is a really important part of the calculus, and that's why... You know, after talking about Jonathan Kaminga and Scotty Barnes uh, the last couple of weeks with Dakota Schmidt about Kaminga and Drake Silva from Locked On Seminoles about Scotty Barnes, I like those guys. I think they're interesting prospects. I don't think they really fit what the Raptors need right now. And so I'm very, very okay if they don't, you know, dip down and reach for those guys. Um, where are you at on the idea of the guy needing to contribute right away? Is that a fair sort of assessment of the situation? Am I thinking too sort of close-termed and uh, thinking too much in the context of this core, which, hey, maybe they're going to trade one or two of these guys. Who knows? Like, what's your sort of read on that whole part of this draft theory conversation um, as it relates to the ability to contribute right away? Well, I definitely think it's something worth considering, and I think it's definitely important. But I think the beauty of the Raptors' flexibility is when you look at the core, there is the ability to pivot to a different timeline, so to speak. Sure. And you've got Pascal and Fred at age 27, but OG is 23. Malachi Flynn is right there with him. Gary Trent Jr. is right there with him. And then uh, whoever you pick in the, this draft is, it would fit into that timeline as well. So depending on which way you want to go, again, I, w- I would go back to leaning on a trade then. If there's a package deal to be made you know, for one of those one a 1b superstars depending on how you view a bradley beal or dame lillard or whatever it is if there is a potential deal to be made at all that's the direction that i would sort of lean and then you look at how expendable a fred van vliet is um and where your ability to compete right now is is kyle lowry coming back if that's the case you know um yeah if, if, if you are making the window about the next 
two, maybe three years, then maybe there is a case for Kyle Lowry to be back for that. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I think in terms of the pick, Jalen Suggs probably is the guy that fits more of the win now mentality. You, you can definitely see that there's a rawness to Jalen Green that needs to develop over time. And maybe if he is the guy you lean towards more uh, of that younger core and say, okay, who fits that next timeline better? and mm-hmm. maybe make deals accordingly where all of a sudden now maybe both Pascal and Fred are expendable. But uh, yeah, I, I think all of that has to be evaluated. I think of the guys you look at later, maybe it's uh, Scotty Barnes who fits best just yeah. because of his size. And you think about how that fits into uh, the plan with OG and Pascal and the length that you could potentially have on the floor. Obviously it would, uh, negate some of the concerns you would have about being small, uh, whether it's Malachi Flynn on the court or Fred Van Vliet on the court. And so, yeah, I, th- I think that is the guy that probably fits best later on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I, I definitely think in terms of the Raptors evaluation, it's, you know, I, I think in terms of the plan, you probably go out and get, I, I lean towards getting a guard from this draft, uh, yeah. a guard slash forward in terms of Jalen Green versus Jalen Suggs. And then you go out in free agency and depending on what the Kyle Lowry situation is, you probably target a center there. Um, and yeah. and then, yeah, and then you look at the trades. Yeah, I think that is sort of the ideal path is, you know, if you can't make a trade for a star, which we'll get to in a sec, but like if you can't do that, find a guard who can slot in as like your long-term two of the future and you're, you kind of make Gary Trent your long-term six man, which I think is, you know, kind of the ideal situation with Gary Trent. And then you figure out the center of your free agency and maybe it's a big signing. Maybe it's a different mercenary signing who fits a little bit better. And maybe you roll with Ken Birch and you know, you, you roll with that and you're fine and you play small a bunch. And I think, you know, getting too scared off of playing small and kind of leaning into centerless basketball as much as I think this playoffs has proven that size matters and you want to be big while also being skilled, I think the Raptors can get by, um, you know, if they are going to roll without sort of some marquee center. But again, there's plenty of centers out there. Rashawn Holmes, Jared Allen's a potential. Um, John Collins, you know, the, the, the Hawks got to not pay somebody. I don't know. <laughs> like, it feels like he might be a casualty just of having too many good players on hand who are up for their own contracts in, you know, a certain amount of years too. So it's a tricky one. I think, you know, you mentioned Barnes. Yeah, Barnes is really tantalizing, and it really does feel like if you put him in the Raptors system, like two, three, four years from now, you're thinking, oh my God, this guy's amazing. (laughs) I also don't know if you can take the gamble that he's going to learn to score at all. He can't Hmm. score. Like, he can't score at any level right now. He's not a one or two level scorer. He's a zero level scorer with... (laughs) Wonderful, you know, attributes in every other department of the floor, basically. But the scoring is key. And as much as I love the idea of rolling out a six-nine-two guard next to OG and Pascal, you know, maybe getting hung up on this must-have-the-best-and-most-innovative-defense-in-the-world sort of mindset is how the Raptors fall behind a little bit as the league clearly pivots towards offense. And hey, maybe two years from now, there's rule changes and defense becomes easier, and you're glad you took a Scotty Barnes. But I, I have a hard time seeing you know, the where the inertia is going to move on, on the sort of rule changes and things like that. So we'll see. But yeah, I, I think... Yeah, to be clear, there's yeah. no way you're picking Scotty Barnes over a Jalen Suggs or a Jalen Green. Yeah, I think that's... I mean, I think Green for sure. I think Suggs... 
like I could see them talking themselves into it. I don't want them to do it. I think they should take Suggs and just say, hey, this is our guard who replaces Kyle going forward, and this is easy. But it's just something about a 6'9", two guard who uh, can't shoot but does everything else well and is like a smart basketball player really does feels raptor, feel pretty Raptors-y. And yeah. I mean, if that's the case, I hope they trade down, you know, like try to yeah. capitalize on OKC being thirsty or the, the magic in their two picks or whatever. Um, on that note, yep. like we haven't heard much about trades recently. Like it's been kind of cool. We don't really, there's not any sort of uh, disgruntled superstar who's looking to move right now. Like the Lillard stuff has calmed down a little bit. Um, the Beal stuff has been like non-existent and it doesn't really seem like there's a deal to be had there maybe it's just because the finals are going on and we're not getting that sweet sweet rumor scuttlebutt but you know it, it doesn't feel like a trade's going to be out there i tried really really hard in our uh locked on nba mock draft to get shea from the thunder and that didn't mm-hmm. quite work out uh <laughs> and that feels like a more of a sort of hypothetical on paper trade than maybe an in practice trade despite sam presti's proclivity for draft picks um where are you at on the whole sort of idea of a trade and like are you losing hope that it's going to happen and are you content if they just go forward with sort of the other outline like i just said the get a um guard in the draft and then go find yourself a big in free agency sort of plan for the offseason yeah i think right now you're focused on getting that draft pick done and picking the right guy that you think will help this franchise win both now and in the future and then you get into more of okay this is the fit now where do we want to get to for this upcoming season maybe this season after that versus where do we want to get to three four years from now and that's when i think the trade discussions might intensify if you will and um if you look at the conversations between well not the conversations but the rumors between lillard uh i think you know, I think the league right now is just respectful of the finals and sure and they'll let that play out and cowards, maybe I say. <laughs> <laughs> maybe the Messiah announcement comes after that as well. Uh but yeah, I, I like Bradley Beal better a bit because of the age, uh, because of uh where the Raptors are size wise uh, at the guard position as well. Yeah. And um and you know you, you watch the way Nigeria targeted Dam- Damian Lillard in that, in that friendly game. <laughs> Shout out to game. Hamilton Honey Badgers alum Caleb Agata, baby! Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I, I think in terms of what can be done for someone like a Bradley Beal, I know I've sort of been on this train for a while now, but uh, if there is a deal to be made there, I don't know wh- where his level of happiness is with the Wizards right now. Uh, obviously he seemed to be one of those guys that wanted to commit, uh, for a long time, but Mm -hmm. Hey, I think things with the NBA, we've seen how quickly things can change. So I would definitely be monitoring those situations. I think that's the term that sort of goes around these days. (laughs) Uh, but yeah, again, moving into the top four, uh, allows the Raptors to take any Avenue that they want. And so the flexibility it's afforded them now, uh, is great. Like they get to be in control of all these conversations you know if they feel the right trade is there to be made they can go ahead and make it and feel confident in that if they believe in their draft pick they can say okay we've got the best player that was available to us and we believe that we can build a a great long-term future with this so i just think they're in a great spot yeah and i mean the thing too to sort of keep in mind here is that 
you know, they might not just be in the perfect situation right now to pull off one of these deals, but in a year's time, I think they're going to be absolutely loaded for bear. And, you know, maybe it involves a Suggs, you know, with the sort of the high price or the whoever they take with the fourth pick as, you know, the sort of the thing to grease the wheels a year from now. But, like, you go into this summer and, like, you have a lot of guys unsigned. You really only have, like, Fred, OG, uh, Pascal, and the pick as, like, things you can trade. Malachi Flynn is a sweetener, I suppose. A year from now, you're going to have all those guys plus another year of Malachi Flynn Plus, Gary Trent Jr. signed, and you know, once you get past whatever deadlines there are, like his contract figures to be one of those very easily movable ones that helps with salary matching and things like that. And then you'll have all your future first-round picks as well if you don't go and trade up. And I think that's another sort of reason not to go trade up, just because you feel desperate to get a Jalen Green. You know, you can take a Jalen Suggs in a year from now, still have your full complement of picks to throw into a trade, and then maybe you don't even have to trade Jalen Suggs to make some sort of superstar trade happen, depending on what the other team wants and all that. So. Like they just because, you know, I, I think Raptors fans are wired to think, oh, the trades there must make now, like because of the Kawhi thing. And, you know, maybe it's just a case of not making a trade for the sake of making a trade and sort of waiting until the perfect situation to strike and being okay with the fact that they're maybe not going to win a title until that situation comes along, but they're going to be pretty damn good. Um, so, very fascinating stuff. They're a fun ass offseason team to talk about. I got to say, it's been a real, real pleasure these last few weeks. Um, I do want to get into Kyle Lowry and how he kind of fits into all of this and where we're at on his status going into his free agency now, just under a month away. Uh, we'll get to that in one sec to close out the show. But first, I want to tell you about our friends over at betonline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and the All Star game is this week. The home run derby is tonight. If you feel like throwing some money down on the home run derby or something like that, you can go to bet online for all your sporting needs you got baseball nba nhl ufc mma whatever it might be before the next pitch head over to bet online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news and sign up bonuses as well as contest info don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit at betonline.ag with the promo code locked on they are your online sportsbook experts Hey guys, it's Walker Mail, host of the Locked On Hornets podcast, and being around sports media and a fan of the Hornets for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip actually have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad free right now by joining Wondery Plus. All right, Big V. Let's round out here. Kyle Lowry was uh, cited over the weekend on Instagram, at least, uh, playing golf, Lake Tahoe, riding wakeboards, having a good time. He was playing golf with DeMar earlier in the week as well, I guess, as a tune-up for Lake Tahoe. I don't think DeMar went to the big golf tournament. He doesn't really seem like that's his speed. Hanging out with Kyle is his speed, and that's, that, you know, very sweet and nice. Um 
But, you know, the Kyle stuff has definitely sort of cooled down as well as distance from the season has uh, increased. And, uh, you know, we've had our different sort of temperature checks. I think when the season ended, I was like 70-30, Kyle's coming back. I think as things have gone along here, I've kind of slipped down a little bit in my belief he's coming back. The draft lottery, as we talked about on draft lottery night, kind of threw everything for a loop and made things even more murky and uncertain. Uh, So now sitting here three and a half weeks or so away from the start of free agency with the draft obviously in between what do you think of Mo Kyle man like are you have you changed it all in sort of your desire for him to come back and then just sort of reading the tea leaves what do you feel like the likelihood is from the very little we can glean from what's out there um where are you at in terms of whether you think he will be back or not I think in terms of what both parties want it's probably best for Kyle to move on I think sure. in terms of the ability to compete for a championship, he can probably find that elsewhere. And, you know, if there's something the Raptors can help facilitate and get some kind of return, that would be awesome. And then you think about the Raptors with their uh, window, you know, having to decide on where their window might land. I think that's where, you know, you probably find it easier without Kyle in the picture. And again, I've sort of been. Obviously, Kyle has been awesome in helping the guys develop, but at this stage, I am happy to take the training wheels off, so to speak. And I do want to see what Fred and Pascal and OG are without a Kyle around them. And I think that's an important thing to know when making future decisions for the franchise. And then that will apply to uh, guys like Malachi Flynn and Gary Trent Jr. and whoever the Raptors draft pick ends up being as well. So I think you know, we've admired the tough decisions uh, that the Raptors have made the last few seasons to win the championship and all that. And I think it's got to continue if they want to get back to uh, that championship level. And so, yeah, I I think that, you know, the situation probably suggests that it's best to move on from Kyle right now uh, and make everyone happy uh, in terms of finding the ceiling that they want right now uh so yeah that that's kind of where i'm at yeah i think my sort of optimism that he's gonna be back has certainly dwindled here i think the draft lottery and just the way the draft is lining up with Suggs being the most likely pick kind of affects that too and you know at, at some point there's only so many guard spots you can have and if you go into next season with a backcourt of van vliet Suggs, flynn and trent like you could do a lot worse in terms of ways to sort of continue on from the Lowry era as much as it'd be great to have Lowry part of that mix too. And, you know, I'm just dreaming of the little pull him aside and sort of put the arm over the shoulder conversations between a Kyle Lowry to Jalen Suggs. That'd be pretty delightful, but it just kind of seems like, yeah, maybe it's time. And that makes me very sad. <laughs> I, you know, my, my sort of biggest desire is to see Kyle play one more game in Toronto with fans, and I'm started, starting to grow a little bit skeptical that that's going to happen. At the same time, though, like, I don't know. The market doesn't seem to be terribly juicy for him. A lot of the teams that would want him don't have anything, uh, like, don't have cap space and don't have anything the Raptors would really want in a sign-and-trade situation, it would seem. And maybe it's like the 2017 situation where it's like, oh, there's nothing really out there. Maybe I'll just come back and, you know, sign a two-year 50 or whatever, maybe an option on the second season to sort of re-hit free agency again next summer. And if that's the case, I won't complain because having Kyle Lowry on your team makes you a better team, even if maybe he's kind of uh, you know playing with a bunch of dudes who are fighting for minutes with him. 
you know, you can figure things out. You can play multiple guard lineups. You can play Gary Trent, the three, whatever it might be. Um, you know, I, it's really hard to separate the sort of the, the fan inclinations of like, you know, you just want to watch Kyle in a Raptors jersey forever. And like, you're disgusted by the idea of him in a different jersey versus, you know, maybe it is that sort of easy time where the divorce, not a divorce, it's just like a mutual parting of the ways can be, you know, it can be entirely sort of on good terms. It's not acrimonious at all. And maybe it's just the time. And I'm kind of talking myself into that part of it, too. You know, I still think the draft will play a lot in this. And if the Raptors go and make a trade with that pick, like you said, that then makes Kyle coming back a whole lot easier. I also just think from like a team building perspective, though, it becomes easier to build out a full roster of good players if Kyle does walk and use that cap space to go and get another center. And then you're looking at a roster where you have that backcourt depth that we talked about. You have OG Pascal in the wings. You've got Boucher. You've got Kem Birch. And then insert center here. And it's like, oh, my God, this is a team with like 10 good players to roll out next season, which would have been a freaking dream this past year. Um, you know, it, it's... Uh, it's a difficult one, man. Are you having a similar amount of trouble sort of separating the uh, the feelings from the sort of on-court, you know, reasonings for moving on from him? I think I was at that phase before the trade deadline of sure. this past season. Sure. And that's where it was tough. And then I kind of got myself to a place where I was, you know, I wouldn't say content, but I, I was fine with it. And accepting? <laughs> yeah. Accepting is probably the best word. And so that's why now I'm sort of like, okay, yeah, I've kind of gone through that process already. So I'm fine with moving on and fine with, you know, seeing what that next era of the Raptors looks like. And yeah, again, you know, you don't want to be in a situation where if he's around for a couple of years and you're not able to compete for a title and then, and then you sort of just delay that process of, guys like Siakam and OG and all, all of them having to figure it out without him, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I think that's where I lean strongest towards, you know, I, I think we've emptied the tank uh, in terms of everything that Kyle can give to this franchise unless you really make a big, you know, win now swing mm-hmm. with a trade for that elite superstar that puts you into a championship contingent window right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, I mean, I think they will still be good next year regardless, right? Like, they have enough, and they were good enough in the times where they didn't have Kyle and they were healthy this season, and you know, you'd expect some growth from Ananobi and Siakam got back on track, and, you know, you throw in whoever else. Malachi Flynn, I, I'm sure, will take a step forward as well going into his second season. Like, I still think this is a team that will be in the playoff conversation, and, you know, maybe you get lucky and make a Hawks-like run where you kind of surprise. Who knows? Like, maybe that's a, a lot to expect, but... You know, the landscape of the NBA is weird. And I think next season, as much as this past year was weird because of injury and absences, I think next season, a lot of that stuff's going to bleed in and it could be a similarly bizarre season. And maybe the Raptors end up on the good luck side of things. Who's to say? Um, And yeah, maybe the Kyle thing does kind of feel a little like, you know, it's a TV show that instead of milking out two more seasons of content, just calls it. And it's totally fine, and everyone's happy with the the eight season run of the show versus the ten season run of the show. Still makes you sad when the when the show ends, though, because uh, you know <laughs> you really get attached to those characters. Um, you know that's enough for that metaphor, though. I, I think we can wrap things up here. Do you have uh, anything, any parting shots, and anything you want to plug? Parting shots, not really. Uh, just the usual stuff for CBC with North Courts and uh, last couple of features before the Olympics coming up. And then, 
Yeah. Besides that, you can follow me on Twitter at Vivek M. Jacob. I've got the soccer podcast going strong. We're going to be reviewing the your 2020 uh, final and tournament in general next and talking about Manchester United. So you can look out for that. And yeah, that's about it. Sweet. Um, you can find me, of course, at Woodley Sean. Subscribe to, rate, review, all that good stuff. You can go and watch my weekly show covering the Canadian Elite Basketball League, CEBL Weekly, at plus.cebl.ca. It costs 18 bucks for the year to get the bonus content over there at CEBL Plus. So please uh, go do that. It's much appreciated. Of course, uh, basketball continues to go strong as well with myself and Katie Heindel. And we'll have more podcasts throughout the week uh, digging into second-round draft pick options, uh, who I'm just starting to dive into now, and a whole bunch more. Uh, so I hope you stick around and we're getting closer to the draft here which is very very exciting stuff uh that'll do it we'll talk to you again on tuesday with another episode of locked on raptors bye-bye hey prime members you can listen to this locked on podcast ad free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.